It's week 14 and I thought I'd do this video, I'd make the subjects of this video, 14 things that I've learned from my dad, from working with my dad. And the reason I'm doing this topic this week is because you've caught me at a time where I've had to take a bit of a step away from the restaurant just due to all the sort of frictions that I have while trying to work with my dad there. Um, and that's something I didn't actually want to do. I wanted to continue sort of putting in the hours and uh, driving forward improvements and throwing everything at the business. But I've had to do this. And so some of these seven points are more sort of on the side of learning how not to do things. You caught me in a bit of a negative mood about my dad's actions and how he works and stuff. I love my dad dearly. And he's got loads of redeeming features um, but he's 82 and it's incredibly frustrating trying to work with him it's incredibly frustrating having to have put in all of the effort that I have with the restaurant for the last sort of two and a half years to, to bring it to where it is but then through trying to work with him and him turning up every day and getting in my way and undermining what I'm doing and giving staff that direction that differs to what I've given them and all of this sort of stuff it's just left me just sort of completely unmotivated and I've just ha having to sort of ease off um, the work there. So I've got my savings for my two-story extension in my house. They're tied up with the restaurant because of the tax bill. I had to lend them parents some money for a tax bill. I'm in a bit of a stalemate at the moment. But anyway, I'll work it out. Um, one of my mentors on, online, or one of the, what I call my virtual mentors, he always says, you know, any negative, you've got to turn it into a positive. You take a negative and think, what can I learn from this? And that learning opportunity is your positive. So I'm looking at this negative, the situation between my, me and my dad, and thinking, what can I take from this? And I'm trying to think, how, what can I watch out for, uh, for, for uh, and what not to do when I reach his age? Um, but I can't stress enough that although this sounds mega negative towards him, you know, I do love him, but these are some things, maybe due to his age, naturally not many people of the age of 82 are still trying to get involved and run the business, you know, it's running quite nicely without him, but he will still sort of get into, um, try and get involved in various areas and sort of interfere with things. Um, so anyway, yeah, seven points I've taken. Number one would probably be humility. I think he could have a little bit more humility in that sometimes I feel that he will think that whatever his way of doing something is bound to be the absolute best way of doing it. And there's no need to explore other options or get other opinions or being open-minded to other ways of doing things because the way that he's chosen to do something must be the best way. I think if he was a multi-millionaire and he was living a luxurious uh, retirement and going on holiday and not having to work and stuff like that, then you could look at that and say, fair one, you know, you have got it right. Your way of doing things is the best, but that's definitely not the case. And so I think you should have a, a little bit more uh, humility and open-mindedness. Number two would be the uh, he should acknowledge or try to acknowledge more often the activity and the jobs of other people. Um, and... The reason I say this was for when my mum was working at the start of the restaurant, she was working incredibly hard in the kitchen. She eventually worked so hard and so many hours in the kitchen that she had this sort of spinal condition that now means she can't stand up for long periods of time. 
and she can't do the double shifts that she used to in the kitchen. But during those early years and when she was putting in all the hours, I remember my dad just not really respecting how, how hard she was working at it. And he once sort of made a comment that, that implied that he didn't think the kitchen work was that mentally taxing, uh, which is just quite disrespectful for, he, he, he could definitely have a bit more respect and acknowledgement of all the fantastic work that other people are doing in the restaurant. His list of things to do for the day is not always the most important thing for the restaurant. And his use of time, again, is, is also often not very, not quite as important as what other people are doing. So you've got to have that acknowledgement of other people's uh, job roles and their activities. Number three would be staff favourites. He's a great one for having staff favourites. And I know everyone has their natural staff favourite. Everyone's got their natural favourite kid if you're in a big family. You've still got your little favourites. <laughs> But um, he's got this terrible habit of um, when he's got a problem with other members of staff, instead of professionally looking at them and saying, I want to do an appraisal with you, I want to sit down professionally and say, you know, I, I'm not happy with this area, that area of what you're doing and looking at treating it professionally like that. For the people who aren't his favourites, he's got a horrible habit of slagging them off. And so he'll sort of grab someone and say, oh, she's a bit, she's not very good, is she? Uh, or he, he's he's done that wrong. When are we uh, replacing him with someone else? And I just think that that sort of breeds quite a negative, bad, bitching sort of culture. And um, it's not a good precedent to set for the other staff. It's, it's, it's saying that that sort of activity is okay. And it's, that is quite a negative thing to do. Number four is lying. And this is a sad state of affairs. And he's quite sneaky how he does it but there's only so many small little lies i don't think he'd lie about anything big he's not a bad bloke but there's only so many small little lies that you can tell before people sort of just stop trusting you and I, unfortunately that is almost the situation that me and my mum are in and that we're not sure whether or not we actually trust him still it's just be silly little lies like uh last month he bought a load of fancy wine glasses and my mum had said to him, you know, that those are just not needed. And no one asked him to buy them, you know, they were not needed. Take the receipt, take it back to the shop, get the money back. And he's saying, yeah, I will. That That's done. I, I, that's what I did. I did that. I took them back to the shop. And then, you know, a month later, you find them and they're, they're, they're just in the cellar. Just little things like that. Not sure why he doesn't, but it is a bad sort of th thing that he does. And it erodes his uh, trust and respect. Number five would be don't be a hoarder. He loves a good hoard. And if you were to ever come to uh, my parents' house in the dining room, um, the table in the sort of dining room next to the living room is, is just stacked full of papers. He brings all his work home with him. That would probably be another point for number five. Try not to bring your work home with you. But he's a hoarder. He brings all his work home and he's got all these different stacks of paper on the dining room table. It's never been used for, for, for eating dinner from, or it has a few times, but it's got he's got all this shit paper uh, clippings catalogs um old invoices uh till reports from from 10 years ago and it's just all piled up and if you ever want anything if you ever want an important bank statement or something pay record you say where's this it'll take very long for him to find it because there's no filing system there but he'll claim that it's all up here so he doesn't need a filing system but that's not the case don't be a hoarder i need to remind myself to not be a hoarder in my old age Number six, yeah, sometimes what he'll do is he'll believe that the way to tackle problems or how to address an issue is the most 
complex, expensive and time consuming way of doing something, that's going to be the best way to do it. Whereas what I, I personally, what I'm trying to make myself do and, 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 and uh, train my brain to do is look for the simplest, cheapest uh, solution. Or often the simplest solution is often the cheapest I'm finding. But no, he'll often think, right, what's most expensive, time-consuming, complex way of doing it? That must be the best, because look how much effort it takes to do it. We had a, um, we were thinking of how to uh, add a bit of security to the wine cellar, and he was talking about, you know, what we should do is we need to get a security camera company, and that security camera needs to be wired up to the mains, needs to be outside the cellar, and it needs to have a light on it, that can sense when any of the staff are walking into the cellar, that light flashes on, spotlight onto them, and they'll think, shit, someone's looking at me. Um, and so we need to have it to have that sensor of when they're going into the cellar, but also when you're looking into security camera companies, can you ask them if they do any dud cameras which don't actually record it? Because actually, I think that that light alone will be enough to scare the staff not to do it. And just this sort of process of thinking about it eventually all I did was just got a um, like a wire mesh um, with pliers cut it into the shape of the cellar zip tied it on and then zip tied some hinges for a little doorway and bought a one pound padlock and it was done but there is this tendency that he's got to throw money at the problem and think because I'm throwing money at it that must be the best solution or because I'm spending loads of time doing at it uh, doing it um, that that I'm, I must be getting full marks for this, but I'm thinking that maybe not. Anyway, I'm going to finish on a positive, and I might even do a video later when I'm in a better mood with him and think of the more positive things that I have learnt from him because there must be quite a few. But I will say the one thing that I do want to replicate character-wise from him when I reach his age, and what I'm hoping I will be when I am his age, is I'm hoping I'll be as active as he is. Because although I've slagged them off in this video or I've said about lessons that I've got to learn how not to do things, he is still out and about and filling his days and he's trying and he's uh, physically active and he's mentally active and I hope to be like that. You just see so many of these sort of sad old men, you know, walking around, uh, reading the Daily Mail, pissed off with young people. Having a fill in their afternoons with a cream tea while they, you know, shit themselves watching Inspector Morse, and they're just boring old bastards. And to be fair to my dad, he's de he's definitely not one of them. He's quite a character, and he keeps himself occupied.